secret lair where all the hurt and pain comes from and in it lies in silent prayer the beast that we will soon become and yet we carry on each breath is drawn That keeps what's on the inside in But as the world seeps through our eyes The skin we bear is getting thin And yet
That's Cheshire Car with this song from their 2016 debut album, Odds and Ends. Cheshire Car are a Montreal-based folk rock collective who weave together their diverse influences to produce a sound that is warm and inviting, yet also very intriguing, with songs and vocals that bring to mind a mashup of Paul Simon, Crosby, Stills and Nash, Jefferson Airplane and Pink Floyd. Cheshire have a fabulous live show that comes across like a fun summer festival workshop featuring a coffeehouse folk act rocking out with a jam band. We caught up with Cheshire Ariel Harrod at home in Montreal to chat about the band and their music. How are you doing today, Ariel? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. I loved your set at Folk North. Uh, folk North is Folk Music Canada's boutique showcase event. It took place in December and Cheshire were one of the band's that were performing for a lot of different venues and promoters from all over the world uh, at an event taking place in Toronto. So it's really great to, to get to see the show. What I'd like to do, though, is you're pretty new on our radar. Let's talk about the band. So tell us a little bit about your music and how you got together. Uh, okay, well, the, the actual Cheshire Car project started about, it's going on four years now, I have a previous life as a musician playing klezmer and pop music here in Quebec, but I was like a sideman playing bass. I studied at Concordia University in music in sort of the early 2000s, and so I'd been doing that for a while. And then I sort of backed out a bit because I was doing a lot more uh, post-production and sound recording for film and television. And so the performing aspect had sort of t- taken the, the back burner, but the songwriting never never stopped. And so I found myself a few years ago with this pile of songs, this incredible urge to, 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 to perform them and not really any appropriate context in which to do that. And the problem is when you study in music, most of the people you study with either go on to have full, rich, and extremely busy careers or they end up not really playing anymore. And so to start off this sort of kind of project where you need people to invest time and energy without really knowing what's going to come of it is a it turns out to be kind of a diff, difficult endeavor and so my first instinct was just to sort of get in touch with my 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 school buddies who I knew were doing more teaching or were were, were less busy with the performing aspects of their lives as well to just start this off in in a basement which is kind of what happened uh, a few years ago and so we had I had this this load of songs that had been piling up, and uh, and I pulled together uh, Geneviève, who sings uh, on the project, and Ellie, who was my roommate and uh, good buddy, musician, guitar player from from back when we were at Concordia, and even I've known him since high school, and so that was sort of the, the, the we started as this small trio just playing songs in, in, in a basement, and the thing is, when you start pouring effort, time, and love <laughs> into a project, you, you quickly want to share it with people, and so... By early 2014, we had enough stuff together to start wanting to perform, and so we recorded a quick EP off the floor at, uh, at some friend's house who have sort of a, a home studio thing going on. And so we used that to book a bunch of shows, and and we sort of started going around with these songs and performing them, and we had, like in the process, had friends gravitating around the project who were also musicians and who would jump in and out depending on what we were doing. And then with that, with that sort of going on and the, the material sort of, sort of consolidating itself around this group of musicians and certain songs coming to the forefront and having more importance, uh, we finally decided to sort of 
do the real record thing and record our first record, which we could sort of use to 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 do some more serious performing and and touring. And so that's how Odds and Ends came about. So the title Odds and Ends does that reflect the fact that these were songs you'd collected over a whole period of time? Because one of the things that strikes you about this album, and we'll get a lit get into this a little bit more in a few moments, is the fact that there are a lot of different styles. I think I said in the the intro to the the interview this project really looks like it goes in a lots of different directions at the same time does that just reflect the way the songs co- were collected over a period of time and and that's why you came up with the name odds and ends that's definitely a part of it and that was that was definitely one of the challenges of of the first album is that the influences for the songwritings had been diverse uh, over over the time those songs were collected. I studied in jazz performance. Uh, Ellie Flynn, who plays guitar on, in the project, is a, is a jazz guitarist. And so for him to be playing lap steel and uh, bottleneck uh, is, is sort of a, it, it's a new thing for him. And so that also having his, his sort of jazz background and the same thing for, for Pete, who plays drums and banjo and sings on the project. He's from a rockabilly and even hardcore metal at certain points in his life background. So, so that also had a lot to do with it. And finally deciding that we were going to give this project a name and go, go forth, forward with it, I, I wanted to put the identity of the project in front of myself, even though I was the one bringing the songs to the table, just because I didn't, at, especially at the, at the start off, I, I didn't feel as though I could fully be the only the, the the head figure like representing this project so i wanted to name it something that would sort of evoke my background so the cheshire and the band's name is uh, refers to the uh just a county in england where my my my, my dad's british that's where he comes from and the car was is, is just the the canadian connection uh for emily car who's this painter well the renowned canadian painter who hung around the group of seven and sort of captured a lot of the essence of what uh, what the Canadian landscape had to offer. And so for me, it was sort of this putting, creating a name that could evoke a single person that contained a lot of what I'm composed of, but also sort of did not put me in the forefront necessarily. And so Odds and Ends is also the, the name, the title of a painting by Emily Carr, who did a lot of landscape paintings. And so, and, and for me, the album, the idea of having this Odds and Ends title sort of was a good way a good starting point although it, it it sort of has a very sort of end of kind of feeling to to it it sort of and that that sort of paradox of this project starting off it sort of with in a process that had been going on for a very long time uh so so i mean the, the, the odds and end title sort of uh evokes all of that <laughs> at the same time well, I, I love the collective idea. I have to be honest. My bias is very much towards bands that have lots of moving parts and and are always exploring and always looking for new places to go and certainly picking up this this album. You definitely have that feel. You know, obviously you run into that issue. Well, you're a six-piece. How easy it is is it to, to actually tour with a, a band of that size? But we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the, the touring a little later. We started off with the track, This Song. Uh, tell us a little bit about that one. That's, that's the funny thing. So we're talking about this, this sort of band being put together with all these various influences. This song, when I wrote it, I mean, I'm sitting uh, alone with just a, a strum, strumming a guitar and putting together these sort of this very simple chord progression. 
the working title for the song was Ple- Pleasuredom, and it it's a song that basically sort of is a bit sort of a depressed look at, at the consequences of consumerism. It's it's that that idea is is like well veiled <laughs> within within the lyrics, but basically it's just looking at the different scales of how our impulses are always to go towards the worst, even though we are outside of ourselves aiming aiming the best. So that that was the idea behind the song. But then when you start putting putting together like the the different the the the, the heavy sort of tremolo electric guitars, the finger picking, uh, we it sort of ended up having this sort of very seventies uh, rock vibe to it as well. So th- that's one of the that's one of the the great things about this project is that often when I bring these songs to the table, and I'm writing most of the time from a very folk music perspective. So for me, I like for 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 a song that I write. For, for it to be sort of worthy of of presenting to to to, to the to the band and us sort of putting some time to work on it, for for me it has to pass the camp for what I call the campfire test. And I think I've heard other people allude to that in different ways, but it's basically where you have a strong enough melody and sort of enough interest in the chord progression, even though sometimes it can be extremely simple. That if it's just per- played by itself around a campfire with a guitar, it, it will not be lacking. The um, campfire test is kind of the ultimate folk music test because that's true of the entire canon in a certain way, and it's not necessarily true of sort of a prog rock or or, or other styles of music that and definitely popular music where it those songs sometimes rely a lot more on just certain instrumental hooks or will rely a lot more on just the the actual production of a song or the, the just the the the, uh, the actual performance itself above the 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 composition so so that's how we sort of start off with a, a sort of a very simple what seems to me like sort of folk revival-ish song inspired by the the, the songwriters that, that inspire me a lot, so that are definitely Cohen and, and Neil Young. And and so when we put them together, that's the, the starting point, and, and, and then it evolves into this sort of bigger piece. It's interesting you say that, because I was checking out some of the cover versions you've done over the years, and those tend to, my impression is that, you know, they go back to some of the influences. You know, you've got people like Pink Floyd in there, you mentioned the 70s, but there is definitely that 70s feel, but it's also that feel that there's something more going on here with this band. That's always a difficulty when you have these sort of influences that are, are, are sort of more classic influences, but you're trying to do something that's relevant to you now. You always end up with that, that sort of tension between stuff that has profoundly influenced you and, and sort of how that comes together in the the more contemporary setting and i think that's that's in that that's in 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 sort of the the folk music world because people are are often trying to build on or build from uh this an established canon and pay tribute to the these these uh these traditions but but also do it in a setting that will make it sort of innately contemporary and be re- relevant or ring true to to a contemporary audience and so that, that that's sort of the how how we we go at it, and it's it's funny because you're saying we were at Folk North uh, on the top of the interview, and which is sort of a, a folk music showcase, and we quickly realized, and this is a, a, a like a position we're very comfortable with, but that we were either going to sort of fall on very uh, appreciative ears for the for what we were bringing to the table, or people who would just sort of 
not at all. <laughs> it won't give us the time of day because that's not what they're looking for. And so, that, I mean, to, to, to be a band that sort of creates strong impressions is definitely something that we're, we're, we're happy and comfortable with uh, and not be a band that necessarily is establishing a consensus or a broad consensus Anyways, for the moment. Well, yeah, one of the things I love about the album is the fact that it is so mixed up. I want to play another track just now. It's one of the definitely one of the the most intriguing tracks on the album, and that's Devil in a Porcelain Dress, uh, because this one is stripped down, and we're going to talk about production in a few moments after we've played this song. But my sense, because you recorded in a lot of different ways, you have a lot of different feels, and this one really has quite a live feel to it. But it's also very political, and I want to give you a chance to to talk about this song and why you wanted to write it. So, Devil in Porcelain Dress is actually it's a weird uh, it's a weird little piece. It's a song. So, uh, basically, a song that I, I had the form for it in my head, and, but it was just a reaction uh, in during the Harper era. So that gives you an idea of uh, of sort of. The, the, when it was written, uh, although that spans uh, quite a few years, uh, in reaction to uh, an omnibus bill, and, see, I, and unfortunately I can't even remember what it was, but it was the, 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 there had been this ongoing tendency to to cram a, a legislature that uh, had absolutely nothing to do with what was set up front. Th- this idea that that to have a government. That was barely uh, legitimate because of our, our, our the way we, we elect our, our our governments hadn't hadn't been elected by a majority of the citizens anyways. But in, uh, in the guise of these these bills that were treating of, of other um, other subjects, whether they um, economic or whatever, were cramming these social social uh, agendas through, and they were hiding them. And so it was this idea that we had this this sort of government that was just passing the, the, the legislature and, and hiding it, so giving us this, behind this nice veneer of, of sort of economic uh, responsibility, there was this, this hidden social agenda, and, and that veneer sort of was very fragile, and as soon as the legislature is passed, the veneer cracks, and then we were stuck with the consequences of these, uh, of these uh, hidden uh, hidden parts of these omnibus bills. So that was the, that was the context <laughs> of writing this song. But I had nothing more than just the little the the, the melody fragment that that is uh, that is part of this uh, four part harmony that that the, that the song um, that the song is. So I brought this to the band, sort of saying, I have this song. Uh, I have no idea how how what form it can take. It's extremely repetitive. It's sort of the ritournelle where you have this this returning phrase. Uh, I don't know what it's worth, and uh, Geneviève's brother, who sings, uh, who uh, Geneviève who sings in the band, her brother is a, a, a vocal arranger. He he works a lot and with choirs, and so he kindly wrote out the four-part harmony for the song, and so that was a song that we sort of, in the early uh, process, it just integrated into the the, the show as a. Um, an a cappella tune that we would often do off mic in smaller venues, and we come up to the front and sing it. When you do that kind of thing, where you go off mic, we're a band that can get pretty loud sometimes on stage with the heavy drums, the electric bass, and so to do that, it was it was a song that often resonated very strongly. And to have this repeated phrase of "Don't sell us the devil in a porcelain dress" uh, is also something that sort of tends to, 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 to engage people and sort of get them get them worked up uh, emotionally. So that, that we had this song lying around, which is just a four-part harmony. And so we were toying, toying with the idea of putting it on the album. 
And so we actually originally tried to record it. And you were talking about production. So this album was done in a weird way where we we did all the ba- the bed tracks in a studio very quickly over two days. So that's basically the band playing off the floor, the rhythm sections. And then we went all around <laughs> wherever we had <laughs> we we had space and equipment available and sort of re-recorded all the rest. And that was at a time where the band was actually spread out a lot. So we took advantage of a, a moment where we weren't available to, to be doing a lot of live performing because everybody was either out of the country or doing different things to record this record. So after that original two-day period in studio, then there was a, a couple of months where people were just coming in and we were recording additional guitars and, and, and overdubbing stuff. And so we had this four-part song where I, I we ended up sort of combining it, do, doing sort of a, a, a sort of a Frankenstein's monster version of putting the voices together. And we ended up with this 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 track where people had sung at different moments, their different parts in different places, and it, it sounded very cold and sterile to me. And it did not, in fact, capture that that sort of magic moment that we we'd always get when we were performing it live off mic in this little church or this uh, little venue somewhere. I was very hesitant to put it on the record at all, and I wasn't convinced. And so we we, we toyed with the idea a lot. Because what I found that the recording was lacking was space, so the spa- and we couldn't feel what space the the, the 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 piece had been performed in. And so, as I was saying, I have also worked in post production, and uh, and so my sound designer instinct kicked in, and uh, and so I just decided to fiddle with the vocal tracks we had we had uh, recorded, and try to create this sort of more dark aggressive space around the song that would that would uh, create the tension that I felt was lacking in the performance and this tension that we 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 managed to 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 capture when we do perform it live and and so that's what that's what ended up being being placed there on on, on this final version and when I when I played it back for the band everybody was like okay I think I think that we don't have a choice this needs to be there so that that's how we ended up with this this sort of bizarre sort of otherworldly four part harmony thing right in the middle of a very an otherwise quite a, a traditional folk folk rock album well it's certainly a, a very compelling song and you know to me. Uh, as much as you say, well, you know, I actually wrote that song during the Stephen Harper era. It's still, in some ways, more relevant today because of the the way people are getting sold on populism. Oh. Uh, you know, or drain. I mean, I, I don't want to talk about American politics, but this whole idea of draining the swamp and everything else. Uh, you, you, yeah. Well, that's that's the, the the depressing thing to me is that I mean, my as so I said, my father was British, my mother's American. She she and so they both moved here and met here in Montreal and so I'm born and raised here but but my my heritage is sort of both both sides of the sort of the the America is both sides of the pond uh the the British and the American and so I'm I'm very sort of my half of my family is there and so I'm always very sort of attuned to American politics and one of my I was worried that with that this song would be become uh, irrelevant <laughs> The, the thing is, if you you never since you don't name anything directly, uh, or I don't name anything directly in the song, it sort of it's it's sort of what it, it evokes can 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 remain. The problem is, you kind of wish that it becomes irrelevant, uh, and uh, and unfortunately, you're right. It's, it's it almost feels more relevant now than it was at the time. And in fact, that's the it almost feels as though uh, it almost feels like I was I was I was 
screaming a bit loud. <laughs> I mean, my reaction almost seems like an overreaction to what was happening at the time because everything now seems so, so much, much I mean, worse. The, the scale seems to me, yeah. it just has completely changed. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you mentioned Britain and the U.S. because certainly I'm sure both sides of your family are giving you uh, a lowdown on some of the problems that are being experienced in both those places. Let's play that song just now. This is Chesh Car with Devil in a Porcelain Dress from their debut album, Odds and Ends. And you're listening to Folk Roots Radio. And I'm Jan Hall. Eyes are closed but I can't sleep Eyes wide open staring at my feet Arms stretched out as we're subsumed Cause we're all on boards what they've assumed Now Tory rule gnaws at my flesh don't sell me the devil in a porcelain dress Don't sell me the devil in a porcelain dress The West is in this what they say As the West we know just drifts away To conquer across the great divide Means there is nowhere left to hide Now the land has changed when I face West Don't sell me the devil in a porcelain dress Don't sell me the devil in a porcelain dress Rides the road, he rides along Can't seem to see what's going wrong Don't take the bait and don't test fate Or we'll all be knocking at the pearly gate Gonna leave the world in a cold hot mess Don't sell me the devil in a porcelain dress Don't sell me the devil in a porcelain dress he deals from a stack of 51 And the game he plays just can't be won Flops and turns on banker's notes Cry me a river when he cast his vote Gotta play my cards close to my chest Don't sell me the devil in a porcelain dress Don't sell me the devil in a porcelain dress Fat cats ride their one percent as ninety-nine eat off the floor. Rich is rich as poor is poor is a tune that we can sing no more. If it works for me, then fuck the rest. But don't sell me the devil in a porcelain dress. Don't sell me the devil in a porcelain dress. Days may pass and days may stay Some things never go away Some think it's right, some think it's wrong Some put it in the lyrics of a protest song You can live your way, cause you feel blessed But don't sell me the devil in a porcelain dress Don't sell me the devil in a porcelain dress
That's Cheshire Car with Devil in a Porcelain Dress from their debut album, Odds and Ends. Ariel Harrod from Cheshire Car is our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today. We're chatting about the album. Ariel is the main songwriter in the band. I think at the moment you're actually the only songwriter, is that right? The people gravitating around this project and the, the, the main players in the collective, I know all have definitely a large potential to contribute to the, the songwriting, but I think at the moment, since I'm the one who brought everybody to the table with a, with a sort of a big load of, of music already uh, prepared, there, there has been certain reserves, and so we're sort of slowly working our way to, for, for the, towards this idea of com- collective composing as well. And actually, there are, there are some tracks on the, uh, on the, that potentially might make it on the new album that will be sort of more collective composition. So let's talk about the production of Odds and Ends. I was intrigued by the fact that I think you produced the album yourselves, but you make special mention when we in the press release about the fact that Warren C. Spicer from Plants and Animals mixed it and I think also helped shape a little bit of the final sonic direction for the project, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. So as I, I mean, I was saying this album was sort of recorded with uh, limited means but uh, and so when we say we produced it it's basically because there was no creative input up until pretty uh, besides that of the band uh, besides uh, well up until late in the process and but but our idea because we had those limited means was really to create an album that was sort of what you hear is what you get so that we didn't do uh, the arrangements were basically pretty much what we the arrangements we had been performing live so there wasn't a lot of uh, sort of added production value besides just the the quality of the recording and uh, sort of sculpting the sound of the various instruments so that they fit the, the the particular songs. But in that sense, I think that helps the album because uh, because it gives it the sort of that that sort of a, a more uniform sound, despite the fact that we are sort of going left, right, and center stylistically. So 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 yeah, we had this this beginning process where we had sort of recorded everything. We'd pretty much finished the overdubbing and getting sort of getting all the parts of the arrangements together, and we we started a um, we we even started uh, mixing it. With, with with somebody and uh, and we were finding that for some reason the the parts weren't weren't fitting together as well as we we had hoped and uh, and so eventually we just decided to back out of that process and sort of think it through and and I think what we what we what we are lacking is somebody who had a strong voice who could take all those parts and sort of give give the the, the various pieces this sort of strong direction so that as you you follow this sort of uh, very a hilly trail through the album, there is this sort of very strong common direction being given. And so we just sort of, it, it became this kind of shout out of, oh, uh, who do we know around town who could, who could sort of take on this project, get, put some calls out, and then, and then eventually through, through just uh, Seb, actually, who was, who was playing, played on the record, played bass on the record, but isn't, doesn't play much with us anymore at the moment. Uh, he, he had been working on another project uh, at a studio, and they, they just hooked us up with Warren, who, who was actually finishing the, uh, they had just finished or were getting ready to put out Waft Out from the Rumbling, but was just before going on tour, had time to, to, to take it on. Basically, we met, we met, we talked a bit about the project, but the first time I just showed up at, at the studio and heard, just could hear how he, he, was, he was treating the various elements, 
it just became obvious to me that we, this was the, the best decision we could have made. I, I think him, he himself probably wouldn't like uh, give, give himself that much credit. And I think even when we discussed it at the time, he was like, "Oh, it's it's all there. It's all in the music." But sometimes it's 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 also a question of of, of being able, being able to hear the right parts of it and making 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 it shine. And so that's why, for, for me, anyways, I it, it like it almost had this this sort of feeling of ah, okay, he's, he's like we're going to be able to put something out that we're all going to be super proud of that will be the proper reflection of where we are where we are at the moment and so and so yeah i think we were all very happy with 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 what with what he did and actually i kind of hope that we can we can uh, sort of meet up again for this for the new project that we're working on now i want to go back to the album though and play another track uh, and this is a track that i know you really love and that's water rising it's a wonderful emotive song tell us a little bit about this one it's funny. Water rising on the on the record, it follows sort of comes out of of Devil in a Porcelain Dress, and so when you when you when you listen to the to the album from beginning to end, you have Porcelain Dress that sort of ends, and Porcelain Dress being this sort of kind of uh, almost uh, almost uh, putting your arms down, giving up on this situation that that sort of seems unbearable or, or sort of unjust, definitely. And so Water Rising is is, is sort of the 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 uh the response the optimistic response to that in the sense that it's the 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 it sort of is the the, the middle finger <laughs> to 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 adversity and sometimes that when i sing it i actually feel like it has sort of a jovialistic tone to it sort of the idea of crossing your arms and watching uh, all hell uh, sort of uh, break loose around you and just say i'm not going to i'm not going to regret anything and uh, i mean it can almost feel naive in a sense or earnest but uh Sometimes it just feels good to to, to 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 sort of have that attitude and that that position towards light, and 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 also you, you, sometimes looking at the brighter brighter side of things, sort of, and even if it is naive, it it sort of gives us the the energy we need to sort of meet that middle ground. So yeah, and for me, it's it's sort of like a it's it's a feel good song. Let's play that just now. This is Cheshire Car with Water Rising from their great debut album Odds and Ends. And you're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. Though it's dark, the sun is blinding, and I'm fighting deep within. The subtle urge to keep from sliding, to keep on trying to begin. If it falls on me on Judgment Day, hands nothing. Say I wanna cross my arms with waters rising, no revising to where I've been and what I've done. It's not surprising. Admitted fault is pardon sin. So I'll pack my bags, quit my crying, my nail bite, and slip away. Hop in the car and just start driving to keep on riding till I find my way. If it falls on me on judgment day, hands nothing left to say. I wanna cross my arms with waters rising. Start climbing, soon reviving the state I'm in. If I start to fall, I'll just start flying like the dove on the tail of a fire. If it falls on me on judgment day, and there's nothing left to say, I wanna 
Cheshire Carr with Water Rising from their album Odds and Ends. Ariel Harrod is our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today. We're chatting about the music and the debut album Odds and Ends, but Cheshire Carr are already working on their next project. Any ideas when uh, there'll be new music coming out from Cheshire Carr? Well, it's a hard question to answer. The, I mean, if people come and, come and check out our show, they will already <laughs> be exposed to new music because that's one of that's for us playing live is definitely the best way to workshop material. So although we are playing most of odds and ends uh, in our set, we uh, have been progressively sort of adding in new material. The all the material is is, is I mean basically <laughs> the the band members joke that we have enough material to to to, to put out our next uh, ten albums. But also what, what I'm realizing is that as the project sort of uh, acquires its own identity, a lot of new stuff that, we, that, that, stuff that is specifically written for the project uh, also becomes way more relevant than, than some of the older material. So, so we are working on that now. There's a, the, we are, we've actually even started a certain um, amount of pre-production, so that's just tracking various elements and working on, on arrangements. This is an album we definitely want to do a lot more production work on, which means that it will be slightly more expensive to produce. And so there's always the question of how the grant money comes through. Let's just say that if all goes well, we could probably have uh, something ready to be released as early as late fall. And then if not, it would probably go to spring 2019. The other thing is for the moment, we, we are, we're, everything we do has been 100% independent. So you, you met with Geneviève of Folk North, who was sort of doing our representation there. And so we've sort of all been doing the, 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 the business aspect of things ourselves as well. But we would be more than happy at this point to, to meet some great people who focus solely on the business aspect of things so that we can sort of, uh, ourselves focus a lot more on the, the creative part and, uh, and so that's also going to be a, a big part of the sort of the after pre-production we will be sort of trying to, to sort of make new friends and, uh, and uh, get in touch with people who could help us uh, sort of have a more reach with the second album for sure. Well, certainly a wonderful feel about this project. Let's talk about the live show because that's when I first met you. You were playing at this 
Export Showcase, Folk North. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go to these sort of showcases, you know, typically, and this is for our listeners, you know, you're going to see a band just play for 20 minutes. Yeah. One of the great things about your set was it really felt like, you know, this was like some sort of summer festival workshop going on where you had this wonderful coffeehouse folk act, but rocking out within a, a jam band. And I want to give you a chance to talk about that. I love the fact that you have several vocalists. I think it is that predominantly Genevieve Cook and yourself. Uh, and no, and, and Pierre, Pierre Lavoie, so uh, Pete the Bucket, who's, who's uh, in the back on drums. As I said, I'm, I'm a bass player. I, <laughs> in my, my first contact with performing and playing music was in the back, not drawing much attention to myself and uh, being extremely comfortable in that, in that position. And so my first instinct in putting this project together was to just get a bunch of amazing vocalists <laughs> and just say, you guys do the singing and I'll just be the, the guy in the back. Because a lot of the writing is so personal, they rightly so said, no, you have to do some of the singing as well, and we'll, we'll sort of work at it as this collective idea. So in the live show, the idea of having the multiple singers, and that's just become a very strong identity, a, a very strong part of the band, something I hadn't necessarily anticipated. And, and so, yeah, that, that creates the, sort of the, the, the feeling of community on stage, having everybody singing does sort of contribute a lot to that effect. So we're all there singing, uh, and you're right that I think even as the, the, the live show evolves, we are uh, more and more, because I think we've identified it as truly one of our strengths, trying to work with those contrasts. So having a, a show that you can sort of, um, having moments in the show where you can almost sort of <laughs> hear the flies <laughs> over people's head in the fields and the, in the festivals, sort of have that very quiet, very intimate moment, but also just have the moment where everybody just wants to jump up and, and sort of start banging their heads and swinging their feet. So that, for me, those are the, 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 the two, sort of the two poles uh, between which we oscillate. Sort of, and, and I think that, that sort of reflects the, the feeling of the music, reflects sort of the diversity, but also gives it that, that sort of very sort of creates, creates a path, creates sort of a, 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 a something that through which we can sort of travel as, as a spectator and for us as a band, sort of not always feel like we're, 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 we're maxing out every moment. Can you talk about your plans for the coming season? I mean, you know, thinking of through the summer into the fall? Yeah, definitely. We are. We will be performing a lot more around Quebec this summer. So if, if people wanna want want to check us out, they'll have to come to this part this part of the country for sure. So we're playing at the Black Sheep Inn in Wakefield with the uh, Moonfruits, great uh, Ottawa region duo. And then throughout the summer, uh, if you're in the Montreal region, you'll definitely be able to see us on some some nice outdoor stages and some great indoor venues as well. Uh, if people want to learn more about your music, how can they do that? Well, uh, the, they can definitely go check us out. We have our website, which is Cheshire Car. So Cheshire, spelled as in Cheshire Cat, car, which is like the motor vehicle with two R's, as in Emily.com. But Facebook, despite itself, is still probably the best way to have the up-to-the-minute up to info. Then the album is, is available on all the digital, all the main digital platforms, so you can uh, buy it or listen to it on uh, Apple Music and Spotify. And uh, in fact, through our website, people can even uh, order uh, a physical copy if that's <laughs> if if you still have a CD player in your car and that's what you want to do. Well, it's been great to talk to you today. We have one thing left to do, and that is to pick the final song to play. I thought we should play. I'm thinking the main single from the album, and that is the track "Remember When." 
Tell us a little bit about that song. Yeah, well, Remember When is, uh, it, it, I, I think it's probably up there as one of my top three tracks on the album. And it's just one of those songs that I had... I hadn't brought it into the band. It, it was written. It was. It was written. Actually, it's one of those. One of the songs that I wrote after we had started the project. But I, it never felt as though it was something that that would work with the band. <laughs> Bizarrely, I don't know why I had that feeling. And then, as we we had, I think, pretty much finished uh, pre-production on the first record, and so we were about to jump into studio to record. I just said, "Hey guys, I have this last one. I kind of see where the record's going." I think it might work, and I had this sort of idea of the 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 parallel harmonies, so Jean Gemini that would sing it sort of throughout, and then have this 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 chorus that would open up with all the voices. So, it, and it just felt like that was that was something that that was under the surface of the whole record, and this would be a track that would really open it up. And I, so I just brought it. It's a very simple song that that revolves around this this sort of a, a pedal. Uh, Double thumbing pedal uh, in, the, in the main chord, and so yeah, I, I brought it in, and we we just did it. Basically, every everything fell into place immediately, and we just said, okay, we, so this we have to, we don't have a choice. This one has to be on on, on the record. Having those two voices up up front is re- is very reminiscent of Simon and Garfunkel, and and that is not somewhere we we weren't we hadn't been there prior. But when people started pointing that out, it sort of opened up this whole. Oh yeah, there is a, the, that 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 is sort of something that we can we can really work on and put in. So and having the the, the high female voices also has that uh, evokes that. So yeah, it was just a sort of this sort of very melancholic uh, song about love collapsing, but in this sort of bright nostalgic tone. So and it kind of works for me. So oh, I think it works for me too. It's a great song. And I wanted to thank you for spending time to talk to us today. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. This is Cheshire Carr with Remember When from their great album, Odds and Ends. And you're listening to Folk Roots Radio. And I'm Jan Hall. Long ago, remember when so when space was thin, there could only barely fill our lungs. There was no up, there was no down, just a few forgotten sounds that kept me near to you. Floating in this vacant space, two figures of the nascent race, unknowing that our journey had begun. Thousand could not comprehend. Evolving to a common act, both trying to be true. Remember when our love was a blue star? Remember when our love took us so far? And then the lights went out. System to ourselves, unconscious of anyone else. We were pulling closer every day. Neither one could step aside. We knew that we would soon collide and we'd end up apart. What was foreseen was soon to be, and the blast was to such a degree that neither of us ever found our way. 
Drifting in the universe Victims of some sacred curse That struck us in the heart Remember when Our love was a blue star Remember Remember 